Welcome to Canucks After Dark. Here are your hosts, Parker Hallowell and Clay Emo. Good evening, Vancouver, and welcome back to Canucks After Dark here on January 3rd, the first edition of the 2022 calendar year, and uh, the Vancouver Canucks are undefeated in 2022. Um, As always, joined by my co-host, Canuck Clay. How are you doing, Clay? I'm great. Happy New Year, Parker. How are you? Happy New Year to you, too. Things are good. Uh, How are things with you? Things are great. I'll, although I returned back to work today after a two-week absence, and uh, I almost forgot my photocopy code. I almost forgot where some some meetings were. But uh, overall, it was okay, and I'm not gonna looking for sympathy or anything because there's too many good things going on in the world right now. But uh, things are good. Thank you. And I, I know you're so humble, but tell everyone where you just came from and and how your JT Miller like today. Oh yeah, I just came from hockey. That's why I, was, I showed up three minutes before the show. I, I definitely not like my usual self. I try to be here a little earlier, uh, but we went to OT. <laughs> I got my first OT winner in a while, so uh, it was nice to uh, nice to help the boys out. And um, you know, nice if I'm going to spend all this time yeah. criticizing guys like Tanner Pearson, uh, I should at least be able to back it up myself in Division Eight Beer League. How was the goal, um, by the way? How was the goal? It was a rebound. It, it got it done. <laughs> uh, it wasn't pretty, but it was. Congrats, man. Um, Congrats. We've got a lot of stuff to talk about tonight. Three, well, a bit of stuff. I'm not going to oversell it. Three, three Canucks games from this past week where the Canucks went the uh, Canuck Clay predicted 2-0-1. Um, we have a bit of news, some other stuff, one game to talk about for a preview <laughs> this week. The Canucks don't play all week. Uh, they, their last game was Saturday. Their next game is Saturday. Um, February is getting busier and busier, though. Yeah. Um, and they had that break before Christmas too. So it's almost like they don't want to play any games or the league doesn't want to play any games. They had five postponed play for three and then get one more postponed. So I guess that means they play three, three games in a span of three weeks. That's, that's not good for any type of momentum, but maybe the Canucks don't need momentum. They're playing so with such bravado and confidence right now that maybe this is a good time to get some systems work done. I don't know. Yeah. And at the very worst, it's some practice time, right? Um, So that, that can't hurt too much, Um, especially with these big, these big, tough, scary opponents coming up over the next couple of weeks, but we'll get to all of that. Um, Do we want to start off with the old calendar in, uh, in sequential order, start from the top and work our way through? Yeah. I like going chronologically. It makes me the least confused. Fair enough. So we'll start with the middle game. Uh, LA to <laughs> uh, December 29th. Uh, this was the Canucks' first game back from basically a 13 day break. Uh, Wednesday night game against the Anaheim Ducks. And uh, this has been, uh, you know, it was a night that the offense wasn't really flowing. And I mean, John Gibson is, is John Gibson. But the big yeah. thing for the Canucks has been that they're never out of games seemingly now, uh, even though they have been definitely out of games in the past. Uh, it is a two-one overtime win. I don't think I put overtime in the uh, in the banner here. It really blends in with my shirt. Uh, <laughs> uh, but it uh, it was a a good way to return, nonetheless. And it's crazy, Parker. This game, I know we outshot Anaheim thirty-seven to twenty-three. We the Canucks. I, I pretend I'm on the team. So Gibson was kind of doing what Demko does to other teams, right? And is that was the crazy part? Is it felt like, oh no, is Gibson going to steal this game for? for Anaheim and it was it was kind of cool because I think what we were watching Parker we were watching probably the two 
if the Olympics, if the NHLers went to Olympics, probably looking at two of the three U.S. goaltenders when it came down to it. Definitely two guys in the running at the very yeah. least. I know John Gibson hasn't had the best year mm. thus far, but whenever he goes against the Canucks, it always seems to be a real, a real tough showing. I mean, the Canucks put up 37 shots on goal yeah. that night. They only score, you know, the one goal in the third period. Uh, early in the third, so probably like the 25th shot and the 37th shot are the only <laughs> ones that go in. Uh, John Gibson was fantastic, although the Canucks goaltender did all right uh, himself as well. Uh, Thatcher Demko stopping 22 of 23 in this game. Yep. Yeah. Uh, just a, a great performance all around. Yeah, that uh, <laughs> I love. I love people on your channel. They bug you, and you always tweet about Tanner Pearson. But that was a. A really nice goal. It was Hughes and Miller with their given go through the neutral zone. And then Hughes finding Pearson streaking in and um, a, a great snipe. And a, and a, a water, that was great. It was right at the start of the third period. And it, it made sure that the Canucks at least were knew that they were in the game and had a chance to pull it off, which they did in overtime. Yeah, of course. And, they, you know, they get to OT and it's a scary OT. And it gave me a little bit of a flashback to the Blues two years ago when Tyler Myers and Bo Horvat fall behind the St. Louis net. Oh, yes. And then it's a three on O the other way. And that kind of happened again. It was a Tyler Myers pinch. He fell. And then it was a three on one the other way. They, you know, duff the pass and watch it. Yep. And JT Miller tries to play it up to himself and plays it basically to John Gibson, John Gibson panicked. If he comes out, if he takes four strides, he beats yeah. JT Miller to that puck. Uh, but it just, it went a little faster than he was, I guess, you know, the ice scrape had just happened. Uh, he wasn't, uh, he thought there'd be a little more resistance, but, uh, JT Miller just comes in quick shot, uh, over, um, on the short side and, yeah. uh, Canucks get a big, uh, a big win. This got them back to 500. Crazy. And good point actually about the, about the ice scrape and the lack of uh, friction there. That's, that's true. The puck was, was going pretty quick. And I, you know what I think it was? I think that. Gibson had flashbacks of Ryan Miller, Milan Lucic, just a big collision. And, and maybe he was sympathizing with his fellow American goaltender. So uh, maybe that's why. And, and we know that the, the history and the, how Miller and Gibson were teammates. So Miller was joking around about he, uh, he always goes glove on him. So this time, I think he went over this blocker, right? To, I think so. Score. Yeah. 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 I think every goalie's right-handed basically. So uh, yeah, it would have been the blocker. Um, so yeah, great. It was, it was, it was awesome. It was a, it was a good win. And he, I, I got to give you credit, man, because you're the one who always saying that if the Canucks can make the playoffs, it's not Vegas, it's not Edmonton, although they kind of suck right now. It's not Calgary. Edmonton. Yeah, but you've always been saying it's Anaheim. And I watched that game. Anaheim was bad. Maybe the Canucks were good, but the Anaheim was turning the puck over so much, especially in the second and third period. You, The Canucks looked like a much better team that night. Yeah, my only real downside for the Canucks that game was just the defensive zone. The Canucks mm. were kind of lazy at times. But other than that, the Canucks were just the better team. Um, I mean, you look at the shots, right? You look at yeah. you look at Connor Garland with five, Hoaglander with six, Horvat with six, Pearson oh. with seven shots on goal that night. Uh, mm -hmm. Guys were getting opportunities, and John Gibson just wasn't letting anything pass. Um, but it was a game that the uh, that the Canucks deserved to win, and you know, there's. Hockey is one of those sports where, you know, you look at basketball, right? And there's, you know, 70 baskets made a night or 80 baskets or whatever. There's not a lot of luck involved, right? Yeah. The better team usually wins in basketball. That's why you get teams that go 73 and nine, for example. In hockey, when you have games that have three goals total, it's really easy for one little thing to flip. So there's a lot yeah. more, there's a lot more that can go wrong. And that's why better teams 
don't win as many games, right? You get the occasional 60 win team, but that's super rare. Um, so, so games like this, where you can be the better team, you can get goalie, but when you have a good goalie on your end too, uh, usually eventually you will win more games than you lose in theory. Okay. Be honest. When you saw Myers blow a tire in the neutral zone and Miller was still at, on the other side of the red line, did you think that Anaheim was going to score? And that was the end of the Canucks winning streak under Boudreaux? Yeah. So I'll give you a bit of the, a bit of the background when I do my sure. post game shows, I have, there's, there's a couple things I have to do. Um, cause I have my little sidebar with who scored and all that stuff. So yeah, I yeah. had double clicked the, uh, the text box to add in who had scored and I had turned my light on because I expected it to be over. And then I turned the light off and then Miller scored <laughs> and then I typed <laughs> Miller in there. Uh, so yeah, I was, I did, I, it just felt, you know, I was like, all right, yeah, yeah they, they got a point at least, but, uh, yeah. it just felt like one of those ones that wasn't going to go their way. Um, just cause you know, three on ones you know, usually don't go the Canucks way. Uh, but sure. A nice anticipation on the double click then. I'm glad you were still able to use that uh, to type in uh, JT Miller's name, which is pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, other, the other thing I wanted to call out, uh, Elias Pettersson, 7% in the face-off circle that night. How do you get to 7%? Uh, I think he was like 1 for 14 or something. Oh. 1 over 14. Yeah, I think it was 1 for 14. Oh, I turned off. There we go. Yeah, one for 14. He uh, is 7.1%. I actually uh, thought that was a typo when I saw that, Parker. Like, I thought they are missing maybe 37%. Because yeah, you, you look you look and you see another seven. You see Pearson's shots were seven. You know, you might have seven <laughs> hits. Myers had seven hits that game. You don't expect to see a seven in the face-off percentage column. Yeah. Um, but uh, that was a rough night <laughs> in, the, well, in if, the circle. Well, if I may, Parker, only because I know you're cranking. You're making sure the show goes uh, good. I'll, I'll read out any super chats we get. It's not seven, but it's in. It's a ten. Thank you, just incredible. Canucks keep rolling. Oilers keep losing. I know Parker wants to talk about that later. And their fans calling for Tippett to be fired because they uh, they want what Brujo is bringing to us, along with the Nadia and Red Story. Twenty twenty two is off to a great start. Thank you. Uh, we agree, Justin, with everything you said, and thank you for the generous donation. We are look at that good profile that. picture too. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that is him and Andrew. I think uh, no, it's that's you. What's oh, me? Oh, it used to be. Oh no, Andrews is. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> I think Andrews is Andrew and Justin. Uh, I get so confused, but thank you. Yes, uh, that's all. Fair that enough. is a good yeah, picture. And, yeah, we will talk about the Oilers later. Trust me, that yes. is on the docket, uh, and I'm excited <laughs> to do that. Uh, let's move on to right. the Los Angeles Kings. So the Canucks going to this game, a chance to get above 500 for the first time in ages. It doesn't go the Canucks way, and. You know, guy, the guy who you expected to score for L.A., Brendan Lemieux, uh, gets one for the Kings. Um, Horvat answers in the third period. And I, again, the, the same scenario where the Canucks are down a goal going to the third period. It feels like they just can't they can't get anything to go. They they weren't playing very good. And uh, but they they still make at least something work. Yeah. And just before we. Yeah, yes, I want to talk about this game, too. But I, I forgot to mention Arsenal from here was actually vacationing in LA and he was at that Anaheim game, which is pretty cool. So he saw that win. So Arso, thanks for, thanks for bringing that to us. Okay. This LA game, this one, this one is pretty bad. This one, this is a bad game. Yeah. Th this is the first game where under Boudreaux, maybe it's, it's 13 days off, then a, a win that you're hyped. And then you don't have to travel much to be talked about, but you still are playing back to back. Yeah. That, that was a rough one. That was a, that was probably the first, time under the Boudreaux regime that I was that it, not even that they weren't playing well but it was actually 
it wasn't even fun to watch. I don't know. Maybe I'm being no, too harsh. No, I mean, I that second period was the problem, right? <laughs> LA outshot the Canucks 17 to 3 <laughs> in the second period alone. Canucks bounced back from it, though, right? They only allowed one goal. Yaroslav Halak was fantastic in this game. He stopped 34 of 35. Um, mm -hmm. Although, Jonathan Quick got first star and Halak did not get any star in this game. Oh. So there's your there's your homerism <laughs> crypto.com arena uh three star selectors. Um, because uh in my opinion, uh stopping 34 of 35 is more impressive than 17 of 18. I agree. Uh, but I digress. Um so the Canucks, you know, they you know, Yaroslav Halak was huge. That second period was atrocious, but they come out in the third period, they need a goal, and Bo Horvat gets one uh you know he it was one where they get a power play uh delay a game penalty which you, you hate you'd hate to see it if you were if it went the other way um but this is the one where jt miller had that pass where as he's sort of falling down basically bobby Orr's it uh <laughs> over to bo horvat it was so sweet and we we're getting used to these miller to horvat passes on the power play usually it's the other way where miller's on the right side sneaking the puck through a bunch of defenders and then Horvat tipping in from the left, but they were, they were reversed. And yes, that was an amazing pass Parker and, uh, and Horvat to have the wherewithal fighting off a defender stick on the ice. That's um, it sounds easy, but it's not always easy when, when things are going crazy and you're trying to tie up the game. So yeah, that was nice. That was very nice. Absolutely. Uh, it goes to a shootout and uh campy scores in round one. Mm -hmm. Horvat again, just keeps being clutch, had to score in the third round and he did. Uh, and then who didn't score? Tanner Pearson when he needed to score Tanner Pearson didn't score uh Arvidsson did and the Canucks lost but how, about hey, PD, how about PD Miller and Garland that didn't score either no 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 that's the, <laughs> the Pearson had to <laughs> um no I mean I I, I like picking I just, on Pearson a little bit yeah. but I mean it was a game they stole a point and you know we, we talk a little bit about and it's, it's still a stretch right this whole playoff race idea um, but if you are going to, if you are going to get in there, you got to steal points when you can't right. Yeah. One point is a big deal when you're, you know, instead of being three points back, you're two points back or whatever the, the numbers end up being, um, where you can go in and have, you, it's not against the law to have good goaltending and, and the Canucks had great goaltending that night and it, uh, it earned them a point. So. Yeah, it's crazy. So they beat Anaheim, but Anaheim gets a point. So really, you gain a point on them as opposed to two. But then, same thing, exactly what you just said. We we actually gain a we get a point out of that game and a game we probably should have lost. So we LA's gap doesn't get bigger than I mean it, it gets smaller than than it could have been. So um, it's nice to I know we're gonna get to it, but it's nice to beat these Pacific teams in regulation. I think that's that's the that's the goal heading forward. I think. It's, it's got to be absolutely fully agree. Let's go <laughs> to the final game of the week. Uh, and this was the Canucks opportunity to win the week, right? They, they come into this game uh, against Seattle. Remember another chance to get above 500. And yeah. uh, this game, I, I felt like I was watching it and I, I kind of was zoning out because it just felt like, it didn't feel that exciting. It felt like, oh yeah, the Canucks are the better team. They're just gonna like slowly take them, take them apart. Uh, they just, they just sort of dominated this game. You, you look at the shot counter. You're like, oh well, it was only three shots difference, and mm. but, but that was score effects, right? The Canucks came out strong. They came out with two goals in the first period from, from guys you want to see scoring, right? The, the, the lots of the offense has been driven by 
Horvat and Garland and Miller and and the like lately. Uh, but now you get guys like Pod Colson and Hoaglander uh, scoring in the first period. Yes, it was nice. It was the day after that Boudreaux said he needs guys not named JT Miller and Bo Horvat and Bester, and he threw PD's name in there too to score. Yeah, and you get Pod Colson, you get Hoaglander, you get Mott with a really nice goal in the in the third period. So. They got the secondary scoring that that uh, Boudreaux was uh, clamming for, clamoring for, I should say, not clamming. He wasn't on, on the beach. He was clamoring for it. And I agree with you. It wasn't the most exciting game, but it also never felt like Seattle was threatening, did it? No. And it's because yeah. they really weren't, right? I mean, the Canucks <laughs> were up by two, and then they were up by one. But, you know, the, the Canucks still had the run of play, right? And, and yeah. the big thing that stood out to me is that after the game, I went into natural stat trick, uh, mm-hmm. where I like to, you know, uh, check out things. And, I think if I remember correctly, uh, Seattle had zero high danger chances in the first and second period. Yes, uh, I did. They, yes. And that was that was the big thing, right? It just it never felt like they were like on the edge of scoring. Even though they had a lot of shots, you look at the heat map, they're all around the yes. outside. The Canucks played excellent. I was gonna say that about the heat map once I you taught me how to read those things. Um you yeah, you want more heat around the logo. I thought it was the opposite, where that you're trying to score in the other net, but no. Right. Around the Seattle logo, there I think in the first period weren't there only like four dots, and they were yeah way way up way outside the dots, so to speak. So yeah, the Canucks never felt threatened. Uh, it never felt like Seattle was threatening them, and that's the way it should be when you're when you're ten points clear on a team, and you're the team that's you know still won, won seven of the last eight points in eight straight games. You got to you have to bury those teams home or away, and the Canucks did. Mm-hmm. And uh, Gordio hat trick for Tanner yes. Pearson, your buddy. Uh, and look, the way he got it was a little suspect. <laughs> it's it's a it was a good fight, right? He saw yep. Garland get rocked. Um, John Garrett didn't like it, uh, <laughs> and uh, and Tanner Pearson went after him, dropped the gloves, whatever. Uh, then he gets a second assist on the Connor Garland insurance goal, <laughs> yeah. And then he gets it. That's his assist for. It. Then he gets an empty netter. <laughs> so yes. it is the the sneakiest, easiest way to get a Gordie Howe hat trick you could imagine, but yeah. technically it counts. Now, give me the background because I've missed the genesis of it. Do you just like bugging Pearson for for fun, or do you actually not like something about his game or him? I, he's kind of bugged me early this year. I don't know. He just he just hasn't seemed he's, he's he hasn't played great. He's been playing better this last week or so. Yeah. Um, I think these last three games Pearson played all right. Uh, I just don't think before that he, especially under Travis Green, I, I thought he was invisible uh, okay. for the first part of the season, basically. And he's yeah. getting better. The Canucks need him to be better. Um, and I've just kind of, I mean, when he scored against, was that against Anaheim that he scored? Uh, yes. I think I tweeted out, I've never said a bad thing about Tanner Pearson in my life. Uh, so now I just retweet that whenever he does something. <laughs> That's pretty good. Dude. <laughs> That actually, that's very funny. Actually, I, I didn't see that tweet. I was gonna say, um, does does it because is part of it because of the contract that he has? Um, I think that in the role, um, yeah. You know, we're seeing him play with guys like you know Miller and and Garland, and, and yeah. I feel like I feel like he doesn't bring a lot to a line like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, mm-hmm. I think he's a great he's a great complimentary guy. But mm-hmm. he, but I, I also think that I, I say he's a great culinary guy, but I don't think he really is. Cause I think he, he's not really quick enough to keep up with, uh, like he's like a better Alex chase on, um, where he's oh, not he's able way to, better than that. I said better Alex chase on <laughs> like quite a bit better. Alex okay, chase okay, on, I, I don't think should really be on the roster. 
right, uh, right. <laughs> but but i think there's a lot of times where he doesn't really generate much play like he's not a play driver which isn't a bad thing uh the thing is if you're not a play driver you have to be an excellent supplemental piece where you can make really good passes you can always be in the right spot and you have a good shot which i feel like he doesn't he's sort of losing that uh piece a little bit Mm-mm. okay that's fair i do this is one thing i do like about his game i think him and miller when they're together they are awesome on the boards turning over pucks and and getting it on the forecheck and just being tough to play against yeah i th- i think that's fair okay. um I, again i'm i'm harder on him than i need to be um yeah, because it's, it's kind of a it's kind of a bit at this point but yeah um i'm harder on chase on <laughs> and he's I, slow, I think Matt. Chase on so slow. He's so, he's so slow. There was that one play that really stood out yeah, to me. Yeah, I, I know what you're gonna talk about. Yeah. I don't remember when it was, but he was leaving, he got the puck and he was leaving the offensive zone. He had room in front of him to skate. Yeah. And he took like two slow strides and just got caught. And it was like, why? Like just at least dump it in or turn around and pass it to someone else <laughs> who's gonna skate in with it. Uh that irked me a lot. Um, yeah, uh, that, I don't, I don't remember it. I try, I've tried to block it out of my brain. Um, a couple of people asked me, would me. you, would you take James Neal off waivers to replace chase on? And I say, no, I replace chase on with someone that's not James Neal, just a, a younger, faster, hungrier guy in our own organization already. <laughs> yeah. Uh, will Lockwood, uh, yes. sure. Right. Like yep. again, he, he'd probably be less stout and and you know make more mistakes but it'd also be interesting uh and yeah. that would be fun we became will lockwood fans when we met that day at the we did training will camp. lockwood yes. was excellent in training yeah. camp and yeah. uh, i think he'll get a i think he'll get a run especially if you know they keep running into COVID issues um i mean look once everyone's if everyone comes back chase on's out of the lineup uh yes brad hunt is out of the lineup first uh <laughs> or kyle burrows or whoever uh <laughs> then then alex chase on is uh, because yeah, he is, uh, he's falling behind. Yeah. That 11 and seven. I can't remember which game it was that 11 forward seven D alignment didn't really work much. Cause bros played two minutes and 45 seconds. Yeah. They didn't do it. They just put hunt as the six D and then said, and then just ran 11 forwards. Anyways, yeah. that yeah. was a weird, a weird yeah. one. And so it was, uh, it was Lamico and chase on, and then whatever center winger wants to go dump, take a double shift, just go do it. Yeah. 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 It was a weird, weird scenario. But the result of this game, the Canucks yep. winning five to two, put them above five hundred. The last time they were above five hundred was after a win on October twenty third. So they had just been falling, falling, Seattle. falling. Yeah, it was Seattle. That yeah. was their, their win against Seattle on October twenty third, uh, and then they lost a couple of games after that and just fell to eight fourteen and two. Um, which is, which I, I had a fun note on, uh, when the Canucks were eight, 14 and two, uh, after that Pittsburgh game, that's the same record they had at, at the end of February last year when oh. things were very bad. Um, <laughs> so they have, uh, they have really recovered. Uh, they are above 500 for the first time in, you know, over two months at this point. So to go from eight, 14 and two to go eight, one and one to get to you to 16, 15, three, I, we've all been talking about how much we wanted them to get to 500, hopefully by sometime in January, by the end of January. And then, so this is, this is far ahead of schedule than, than even the most optimistic people would have said. Truly. It's it's crazy. They've yeah. Made, I don't think, I don't think anyone was looking at this team uh, and that, that it, I don't think anyone was looking at the team that lost that game against Pittsburgh 
and said, yep, this team's going on a run. <laughs> like, <laughs> like that would be a very, that wouldn't be a very well-informed take. It would have been right, right but it would have been a fluke. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. And you know, the, the fact that the Canucks have really gone a run here, they have made things interesting and, and with Edmonton playing the way they are uh, with LA, you know, LA is doing okay, but San Jose is, is falling slowly apart. Um, mm. It's getting interesting. Oh, it's, and, and it's funny because they had the Montreal win and the Ottawa win before green and Benning got fired. So you throw that in and does that mean in the past, well, what what's the math? In the past 11 games, they're 9-1-1? One, and one? Does that sound right? I think they're, I think it's 10, isn't it? I might be wrong. They, okay. They've won 8 under Boudreaux now, right? Or is it 7? Yes. Yeah, they won 8 under Boudreaux. Yeah, eight, right, before. Right. So yeah, they're 10-1-1 ten, ten, one, and one in their last 12. That's pretty um, good. Yeah, it's, uh, it's really not bad. And the Pittsburgh game doesn't count. That game was a win, right? If you think about it, you look back on it, you look at the result. Um, they they beat Ottawa and Montreal. They yeah. won organization-based against Pittsburgh because Pittsburgh <laughs> got everyone fired, and the Canucks then won a bunch of games. That's yeah. a, that's just a big win. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I, I think I'm having a bit of deja vu here. I think I asked you this last week, but I'll ask you once again because I, I think it's a fascinating topic. Was Benning actually okay in giving uh, forming a great roster, and now it's the showing that the coaching is is being the difference, or still a good time for to move on from Benning as well? Benning did fine. He took too long to get there. That's right. You did tell me that. Yeah, yeah I did yeah. have deja vu, yes, and that's yes. and I still don't think he was a good GM. Yeah. Um. Yep. So this leaves the Canucks. They coming into today, at least according to the Athletics law odds, and and man, he man, Dom was getting so much heat on Twitter today. It was really funny to watch because he has the Canucks like an eleven percent chance of making so the playoffs, double digits which, now. Which I mean, you look at the standings and you look at the way this team performed earlier, and that doesn't seem that unrealistic, right? They have to get ahead of San Jose, L.A., and one of Edmonton, Calgary, or Anaheim, mm-hmm. right? And they have to stay ahead of whoever's fifth in the Central, right, to get yes. that fourth wildcard spot. And when it, Winnipeg is is well ahead of the Canucks on points percentage, yeah, uh, not well ahead, but a, a couple points ahead, um, in theory. Um, and, and you know the Canucks aren't going to pl- be on this run the entire season, and they played really bad at the start of the season. So I, I think eleven percent is pretty fair. Now, if you want to bring some recency bias into account and say, well, look, they're clearly playing a different game than they were, you know, four weeks ago, right? And yeah. I think that's fair. Then yeah, you if you take that into account, which models aren't going to do, right? They're gonna they're gonna you know wait the entire season as as one typically. Um, then maybe you get up to 20%, 25%. If you had said uh, a month ago that this team would have a 20, 20, 25% chance of making the playoffs, um, at this point, uh, you would have said you're lying. There, there's no way I'm actually curious as to what like betting markets have it at. Uh, cause that would be pretty interesting, uh, to pull up. Maybe I'll try to do that over the next couple of minutes here, but sure. Yeah. It's, uh, it has been a, uh, a big boon. Um, yeah for the Canucks. Well, you know what? I'll give you that minute Parker to pull up the, the betting odds. If you, if you can do that quickly, I, I know you can, and I'll talk very quickly about what the Canucks have to do to, to make the playoffs and to talk about what you said about recency bias and 11% with the Canucks being at 35 points in 34 games. If we agree that they need 94 points to get in the playoffs in, so they have to still make 59 points in 48 games. 
I have that as 28, 17, and three. So 28 wins, 17 losses, and three extra time losses. So there's your 48 games. There's your 59 points. My friends, that is still a 101 point pace. So it's very rare that the Canucks recently have played on a 101 point pace. You might say, well, Clay, they've won eight of their last nine. They're 10, they've won 10 out of the last 12. Of course, they're going to make that 101 point pace. A lot easier said than done, and we've already alluded to it. They have a murderer's row of teams coming up in two weeks. So as optimistic as I am, and as Parker can be at times, it let's be realistic. It's still gonna be it's still gonna be tough despite how well they are playing. Dest all enough? You got it? I think so. Um right, so I so all, the only odd I was able to get uh, was from DraftKings. Okay. Um, and they have the Canucks odds to make the playoffs. Yes is plus 400, which means if you bet 100 and they did, you would make 400. So that's basically five to one, yep. which is which is 20 percent. Um, no is minus 550. So you'd have to bet 550 to earn 100. So it's that's about six and a half to one. So somewhere between five and six and a half to one for the Canucks to make the playoffs, according to odds makers. So that would be 15 to 20 percent or so. Yeah, yep. which okay, I think is so, pretty fair. Yep. Even the most optimistic look right now is, yeah, is capping out at 15 to 20%. I think great point that great point. So Parker, are you going to put any money on this team to make the playoffs? I did before the season and oh, they need smart. to step it up. Uh, it wasn't smart because I had like even odds when oh, I did okay. it. Uh, and then they lost a bunch of games. Oh, so, so you should have bet now. Yeah. Okay, it's looking a little better. I might, I might add a little more to it uh, to boost the odds, but yeah, it's uh, so, it's still, it's still a bit of a run they need. It's plus four hundred. You said so. You got to bet hundred to win to win four hundred, or to you'd win, win four hundred profit. So you'd pocket five hundred. Okay, gotcha. You get your hundred back. So yeah, five okay. to one. Um, so yeah, it's it's plausible. And, and I mean, let's talk about. I mean, while we're while we're on it, let's talk about the division as a whole. Yeah, the Oilers lose again with five exclamation points. Um, I didn't. I mean, I was I was busy during this game, but they lose. I mean, is it up? Where is it? Where's the score? What was the score? Did you see it? 4-1. One. One one. Rangers. Yes. Rangers are 22-8-4 this season. <laughs> they are uh, they are hot. Um, and, and it continues to be goaltending for Edmonton. Uh, their yeah. goaltenders have been bad, bad, bad. Uh, and it's, you know, they basically they have been, they relied early in the season on Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl to outscore their bad goaltending. But Mike Smith was also playing excellent at the start of the season. Mike yep. Smith gets hurt. Koskinen's forced to come in. Koskinen's not very good. He sucks. Uh, okay. Well, a little harsh, uh, <laughs> but not wrong. Um, and then, so now they have now, so Mike Smith's still out again. Um, he play, came back for a couple of games, played terribly. Uh, and now Koskinen is back in, playing bad, and uh, the Oilers are in trouble. Two six and two in their last ten. That's not good. That is not good. Um, I'm trying to pull up their their goalie stats here. Uh, Miko Koskinen is 19, 12, and seven, uh, so well above 500, but a 319 goals against average and a 900 save percentage. So. He's getting those wins that or he's 12 and seven. I don't know where I got them. The 19 was game started. The columns are weird on HL.com, uh, but he's 12, <laughs> seven and one. Okay. But he's on a 900 save percentage. Mike Smith is two, one and one with a 391 goals against average and an 897 save percentage. So they're allowing goals. Their best, their save percentage leader is, I want you to guess. Now I just listed 
two uh two goalies for you. Yeah. Uh, who do you think their save percentage leader is? Because not even, even, either of them. Yeah, I don't even know who their third goalie is. So I'm gonna make up a name. His name is uh Derek Rusty Wickets. I don't know. Uh Stuart Skinner has a <laughs> has a 916 for them. He's a 23-year-old. Sounds like an um, actor or a musician. Yeah, I uh he's got a thick mustache uh <laughs> but he is uh he has been their best goalie but yeah i mean i mean they're they're basically riding miko Koskinen at this point and it's just not going well uh, and the fact that you have connor mcdavid who has 53 points and leon dry is 52 and they're losing all these games because they're they're allowing three or four goals a night wow wow Actually, it's funny in the chat though. People were saying that Stuart Skinner is a, a decent young goalie. I believe, I believe mm-hmm. you, obviously, because uh, I, I don't know. I thought his name was Derek Rusty Wicket. So, okay, Mike Smith's only played four games this season. Uh, he's he's appeared in more. Oh. Um, I had it pulled up. He oh, where'd it go? I lost it. Okay, it's it's gone. I can pull it up really fast. Here we go. Uh, he is he started five. I think he got yanked in one. Okay. Uh, so it didn't count Decision as his own game because I'm assuming yeah. they won or Koskin led in the winning goal or or they won. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, he's been injured for most of the season though, right? Um, right, right. Which is uh, the issue there. So Skinner's been playing most of their their backup role. Uh, but yeah, they are uh, they are a two player team. I mean, you know, Nugent Hopkins has 26 points. 23 of those are assists. Uh, mm-hmm. So those are all just from playing with McDavid and Drysital. Um, and you know the rest of their guys are basically at twenty or below, and a lot well below. They got a lot of guys with two, three points uh, in their lineup. Can you highlight uh, Bruce's comment just from right now? McDavid and Leon were not playing on the same line for the first two nights. Yeah, because I I don't know I don't know the exact stats, but I know that the Oilers get caved anytime that that line isn't on the ice. Obviously, because of how much they do score, yet they're losing so much. So it's interesting that they they got broken up today. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I guess. Desperate times call for desperate measures, right? Yeah, and it's not working still. Uh, so yeah. yeah, I mean, you look at it now, and you look at the standings. Uh, the the Canucks have, or the Oilers have one game in hand on the Canucks and are three points up. Uh, mm-hmm. It is getting closer and closer now. We look at this, and you look at the Canucks schedule, and you think, oh, there's a lot of chance for that to get flipped around. Uh, the Oilers have Toronto on Wednesday. Uh, but then they have the Sens and Blackhawks, and then you know the Panthers, which are tough. The Flames, which might be tough, and then the Canucks and Oilers, January twenty fifth. That's going to be a big game. You know, wow. three weeks from now, that is a a game that you know, if the Canucks win it, that's a four point swing, uh, and could be huge. Imagine if well, it might even happen before that. Although we have, I was going to say, imagine if we pass the Oilers on that night, but we have a very tough schedule coming up too. So, yeah, I won't get too far ahead of ourselves. Although it's fun. Yeah, absolutely. A last little bit of Canucks, a couple more Canucks things. Sure. Thatcher Demko was named ah. third star of the month. Uh, and I looked at this. I'm like, oh, why wasn't he the first star? And then you look, oh, Austin Matthews scored like 12 goals in 10 games or something <laughs> stupid. Um, so, okay. <laughs> I guess. I guess. And who was second? Uh, I think it was like, was it a Rangers player? Uh, NHL three yeah. stars of the month. Uh, it was uh, Max Pacioretty, who had oh, right. 16 points in 12 games, 10 goals. Uh, McDavid had 10 goals in seven games, which is crazy. Uh, and then, yeah, Demko had a 946 uh, for the month. 
um, including one shutout, seven one and zero with a one seventy two uh, goals against average. Yeah, yeah. He so he won Player of the Week two weeks ago. He's now Player of the Month. Uh, third, third place, uh, third star of the month, I should say. If people hadn't heard about Demko from the bubble in twenty twenty or from a couple of decent, not a couple more than that last season, they got to know about him now, don't they, Parker? He's got to be on everyone's radar. He has to. Yeah, be. absolutely. He is. Uh, he's he's getting known. I mean, he's got a nine twenty this year, and a lot of that with you know pretty rough play ahead of him. Uh, he leads the entire NHL in time on ice. Uh, he has played more than any other goaltender, uh, playing 27 of the Canucks 33 games. Wow. Um, and, uh, all of those starts hasn't had to come in relief, but yeah, two, five, five and a nine twenty. Uh, he has been, you know, the reason a big reason that this team has, has won throughout the month of December. Right. Um, mm-hmm. they're sure the Canucks have played a much different style and, and, and things like that. But you look at these games and almost all of them are, are tight games, right? We, we've had like three or four go to overtime under Boudreaux at this point. Um, and a lot of that is thanks to Demko. So has Halak only started six games this entire season? I think so. Wow. Yeah, he is. Uh, he, oh, eight. He's played eight. He's played um, eight. Okay. There might be some some iffy math on my part. Uh, okay, how many games the Canucks played? 34. 34. Okay. Then I'm missing one. Okay. That's fine. That's fine. No, we'll, we'll figure it out. <laughs> so eight over 34 times 82. So Halak's on, on pace to play a whopping 19 games this season. Yeah. Are we going to have, are we going to have a 63 start Thatcher Demko? No, there's no um, way. No, of course not. Yeah. Um, but I mean, the way he's playing, it's hard not to put him in. Although, you know, if Halak keeps up his performance like we saw last week, uh, then yeah. sure, play him. But the Canucks forget how to score though when Halak's in the net. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they play worse in front of him for sure. Hopefully, they they figure that one out. Okay. Um, where else do we want to go here? Uh, let's look ahead to this week. One <laughs> whole game this week. It's supposed to be two. Even that's it's supposed twice. to be two. Yeah. Canucks versus Islanders was postponed. Uh, that was supposed to be Wednesday. Uh, supposed to be a game for the Canucks to hopefully, you know, we were talking about this and and these games come out for the Canucks, the ability to hopefully build up a little bit of a buffer of some wins before going on this Eastern swing against these tough teams. Mm-hmm. And those games all got pushed to February now. Uh, and now they are forced to, you know, they only have one game left against the Ottawa Senators on Saturday. Uh, and then... They are basically up being thrown to the wolves. They they take their Florida road trip. They got Florida. They get Tampa. They get Carolina. Oh, they get oh. Washington, Nashville, oh. Florida again. Uh, so you really want to win this game against Ottawa. Try to carry some momentum into those games, and then hopefully you can snag a few points while you're while you're on the road. So I, I'm just looking at the overall NHL. Granted, it's by points and not by points percent. Oh no, let's even go by points percentage. Yeah, great. Awesome. Carolina, Florida, the top two teams in the league by points percentage. Washington, fifth. Tampa, sixth. So we're playing four of the top six teams in one week. Great. Yep. Awesome. Hey, get them out of the way, right? (laughs) And look, I mean, if the Canucks can go 500 over those games, which is a tall order. Yeah. But, you know, maybe you go like 1-1-2 and or, you know, something like that in those four, then... You know you're in a you're in a decent spot, and and you you just you just don't want to lose any ground. Hopefully the Oilers just keep losing, and then everything's fine. 
You're, that's true. That's true. So um, are we both going to go out on a limb and say the Canucks go one and oh this week? They got to win the week. They have not lost a week under Bruce Boudreaux. So st- statistics say that they will go one and oh yes. this week. Um, one and oh. Uh, score prediction, Ottawa Senators. Is it Matt Murray? Is that, is that still their goalie? I, while you're looking at, I love what you said at the end of your live stream, Parker, uh, when I jumped in and I, I, no, I wasn't, I was affirming us in our good predictive skills. And you said, yes, but they did not win four, two in any of the three games, which is true. So I'm going to take a four, two Vancouver over Ottawa, just for the heck of it. Uh, I'm looking back at Ottawa's last few games. Yeah. Uh, they lost uh, six, nothing to Toronto. Ooh. They lost four, three to Philly two, one to Ottawa. They beat Florida eight, two. What? Uh, <laughs> and then they, and they, beat the, they beat the lightning for nothing as well. I think the lightning in Florida both had COVID issues. Um, or they forgot to show up. There's been a lot of high score games. The Canucks beat Ottawa six to two on December 1st. And I say they do it again. Six two on Saturday night, hockey night in Canada. Uh, yeah. Brock Besser returns hat trick <laughs> on Matt Murray. Uh, just like the good old days. Well, I love it. Justin says it's six one if it's Murray, but four two if it's Forsberg. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's kind of fair. I'm look. I went on to the. I, you go into the. You go into the Senators page, and if if you go to a team's roster, it only shows you like the players that are on their active roster. Okay. Um. So that's why like Stuart Skinner wasn't on the Oilers page. Uh, Matt Murray is the only goalie listed. <laughs> uh, where? <laughs> Where's where's your other goalie? Um, I'm confused. And he's only played seven games this year. Matt Murray, how many wins has he had in his seven games this year? He's had seven games only. He's started he, seven games. He's, he has one. Um, I guess is one. <laughs> zero. What? He is zero and six <laughs> in his seven starts with a lovely 883 save percentage. Uh, oh. He got waived. Um, yes, he did. This, this also says he has two shutouts on the right hand side on the team leaders. This is from last season. This team leaders thing is from last year. Uh, what a terrible website you have! Yeah, hard to have two shutouts with zero wins. <laughs> it's like, yeah, Connor Brown leads the team with 21 goals. No, Brady Kachuk has 12, and that's the most. What uh, website are you on? Uh, nhl.com slash senators slash stats <laughs> it is uh it is a it is a, a dumpster fire just like the Ottawa senators oh. Oh. um i think that's enough of a preview that's that's yeah. all we got to talk about that game there's it's the only game coming up this week hopefully it's a win hopefully we have a fun win to talk about next week. i wonder if our zamboni driver can can play goal just in case right maybe yeah they might yeah. need it um okay <laughs> Uh, let's go to, um, the, the, the story of the week. Uh, and you covered this pretty well. Uh, you interviewed, uh, Nadia, uh, yeah. a couple of days ago. I'll let you, uh, I'll let you take this one. Okay. Thank you, Parker. And then uh, do we take this home and then we go questions for the last few minutes? Does that work or do yep. you want to? Okay. Perfect. That's all yeah. I have. Okay. I won't take too long. And because most of you guys know the story, but the very short Cole's version, uh, Cole's notes version, Nadia Popovich born in Seattle, lived in Vancouver with her family for only a couple of years. So it's not like she lived there all of her life. No, only for a couple of years back in Seattle, 22 years old, starting to become a, a med school student. She was at the game on October 23rd, Vancouver playing in Seattle, Seattle's home opener, first ever home game sitting behind the bench. And she noticed red, ha- red, his nickname, Brian Hamilton, our assistant equipment manager 
walking back and forth, handing little sticks and gloves. And then one time walked by her, his jacket lapel fell and she noticed a mole on the back of his neck. And, but from her experience volunteering in an oncology clinic, uh, working with cancer patients, she thought that that did not look good, discolored, uh, not it just did not look good. He want, she debated how to tell red about this because she didn't want to come across too strong, look like a chirp, look like a bad pickup line, whatever. So she put on her phone, 22 words, something like, um, that mole on the back of your neck looks like it could be cancerous. Please get it checked out. Something similar to that. Tapped on the glass in the first intermission as Red was cleaning up the bench area. He looked up, saw it on her phone, and just kind of gave a quick nod. And that was it. So Nadia was kind of, uh, she even said she almost regretted doing it because she didn't, she wasn't sure what to read from Red's reaction. October 23rd. Fast forward to January 1st. What happens in the meantime? Red goes back, they fly home, gets the mole checked out by the team doctor, says, yes, I can cut this out for you. So get home on Sunday, cut it out on Tuesday. Uh, no, sorry, see the doctor on Tuesday, cut it out on Thursday. He's still working that game that Thursday night, and they send the mole away for testing, and it turns out to be a malignant melanoma, so cancerous. Um, and the doctor says if they never found this, he could, his life could have ended in the next four to five years. Obviously, he's touched. She's she's literally saved his life. January 1, New Year's Day, Canucks Twitter, a statement, three or four paragraph statement from Red Hamilton saying, I need to find this woman. Does anyone know who this is? Rapid fire search, Darren Drager, Elliot Freeman, everyone tweeting it out, local people, national people. They find her within an hour. They find uh, Nadia's mom sees it on a Facebook group, finds Nadia. They bring Seattle Kraken, bring Nadia to the game. Nadia and Red meet in a well-documented meeting. Then during the game, first intermission, they recognize her on the big screen and they say thank you. And the Seattle Kraken and Vancouver Canucks combine for, to give her $10,000 to go to her medical school. And rightfully so, she's been called a hero, an angel, a savior. She's been on CNN. Um, she's been on every international news Fox, uh, I, I know the, the the Nick Cannon show reached out to her and some schmucks YouTube channel here in Vancouver. And uh, I, I found her because I reached out to her mom. I have no shame. You guys know this. I have no shame. I reached out to her mom on Facebook and said, hey, uh, I, you don't know me, but the story is very touching. And I want to help share it to locally, uh, although everyone knows it already. And within five minutes, uh, Nadia's mom uh, sent me Nadia's number and I was able to chat with her yesterday and, and release it this morning. So an amazing story. Uh, it, and she's so articulate, confident, and and humble. And Red is very humble. And this story uh, of how it's come together and how it's captured the hearts of not just Canucks fans, but hockey fans throughout the world. Um, uh, story of the year on January 1st. Thank you, Parker. Thanks for letting me Absolutely. Know. Well said. Um, well told. I don't really have anything else to add to it. But yes, a great, great story. Um. This is a good time for you all to get some questions in. Uh, we have about 13 minutes left. Yeah. Uh, I have starred some. They added a feature to our, our streaming tool that allows us to star comments uh, oh. so I can click them as we go, which is really nice so I don't have to scroll through the hundreds of comments uh, at the end here. So uh, this is a good chance for um, you guys to get some questions in. Uh, Clay, if there's any that you want to pick out, let me know. Um, but let's start on the top. Um, 
Justin, first off, let's just talk about, um, we were talking about Ottawa and he asked a couple of things. First, he said, do you think the Ottawa game gets played? Because I think Shabbat, Sanford and Tierney uh, are in protocol on this one. I think it gets played. I think we're at the point where they're going to start doing whatever they can to get these games done. Uh, they're running out of they're running out of postponement time, right? Like they like I mean the Canucks only have a handful of games post had a handful of games postponed. Um, how many was it? Like six maybe to this point? I haven't uh, been counting for the Canucks. Yeah, yes, it is six. Five before Christmas, and now the one. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, six games in three weeks is fine. Um, but I mean, if you if you get more right, and you you start to get up to twelve games in three weeks. Right then, things get a little bit crazy. So I think they're going to try to play as many of these games as they can. They're also now postponing just for attendance reasons, um, which is you know I, I mean I see why they're doing it. Um, but uh, yeah, Ottawa's coming through the area anyways. Uh, hopefully yeah. they they stay pretty uh, pretty even on, on testing now. I know the Canucks didn't have any new positive tests today, um, according to you, which is my source because I wasn't focused on anything today. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I think I think we're at the point that games start going. I agree with you. I fully expect the game to be played unless Ottawa somehow cannot field uh, or ice, I should say, a full team. But that's why you have taxi squads now. And you're right, Parker. It's it's one thing to make up six games, but that's just Vancouver. Think of the poor schedule makers who's going to take 32 teams, all with varying numbers of games to be rescheduled. That, that must be the biggest spreadsheet in the world. And I know they got smart people doing it. They, they have systems, but I, I agree with you is, is I think by hook, by crook, the, the NHL doesn't want to postpone much more. So yeah, let, let's get this game in. Cause the Canucks don't play at home for another two weeks after that, or a week and a half. Yeah. Gotta get yeah. it done. Yep. Um, Arsal asks, what changes do you think the Canucks will make before the trade deadline? And what do we need the most? You can take this one. <laughs> uh, I actually, Arsenal, not to weasel my way out of this one, but I think it's going to be determined by what happens in this next three weeks. I really do. Because if you fall out of playoff contention even further, then you can look at moving players for to restock your, your prospects and get some more picks, as Rutherford says he wants to do. However, if you are right on the cusp or if you are in a playoff spot, then now you're you're making changes. You're tweaking. I don't think you're blowing anything up. You're not renting too much because that's not Jim Rutherford's MO. Regardless of what they end up doing, I think they have to shore up their defense still. I really do. I like the left side with Ekman Larson and Hughes. And then I want. I still want to see Rathbone up here. On the right side, You Myers is playing very well, but then you have yep. similar guys in Hamnick and Pullman. And I don't know. I, I, I like Hamnick's game. He's been in, inconsistent. Pullman, I don't know if, if you can call him a, a, even a bonafide third-pairing guy. What do you think, Parker? My opinions on Tucker Pullman are well known. They are well documented. I you don't like guys whose names start with P, man. Pearson and Pullman. I don't. I don't think. I. I think it's the the compound names of two of a of an item or thing of a noun, and then a a what's I don't know what what you I don't know the English word for like a like a you got son you got pair son and you got pool man. And I think that's the problem. This is why Pedersen isn't playing well either, because he has yeah. Petter son. I don't know what a <laughs> Petter is, but uh, I think I think this is the problem. And I think the Canucks need funny. to only trade for people whose names don't work like that. Um, oh, Chase on again. Uh, it's, very good, very good. It, it's I think I've got a real conspiracy here. 
Um, no, I think again, it's it's that side of the defense, that the right side yeah. of the defense. But the problem is, everyone in the NHL has problems with the right side of the defense. It, it's hard yeah. to get right shot defensemen in this league. Yeah. They are expensive. They are valuable. They are tough to acquire. Um, they need better ones, but so do most teams. Now the problem is the Canucks have a pretty rough defense as a whole. Um, so they need it yeah. more than most. Uh, but other teams know that other teams know that, you know, it, they can ask, uh, they can have a big ask, uh, yeah. if the Canucks come knocking for a, a good right shot defenseman. Um, and with, you know, the comments and GL Rebirth brings us up about, you know, how Rutherford only really wants, doesn't want to trade for draft picks and doesn't want to trade away draft picks. Um, I mean, they're not going to go out and get a 31 year old right shot defenseman to shore up right. their right side this year. Right. Um, but you do have to give to get right. So if they're not going to be giving up draft picks, you know, they've, they've got to give up good. They'd probably have to give up a decent offensive player to get that right shot defenseman. All good points, but I'm just distracted. Now we got, if you go pod Colson. <laughs> Ekman Larson. Yeah, no, no. I know, but it's pretty funny just what, what you've started. Um, but maybe I, I was gonna go, I think Pod Coles, and I know you like him. So maybe it's the TP guys, Tanner Pearson, Tucker Pullman. Maybe that's the one. That's also fair. TP. Yeah. Um yeah. that's an item. And another thing, another item you can have is an air conditioner, AC, Alex Chase on. See, we can <laughs> we can start to work things out here. Um <laughs> Household items uh, as players by Parker and Clay. You can always find someone to connect things. Um, But yeah, I think it's tough. It's, it's really tough to, to find that right shot defenseman. I mean, you know, Tanner Pearson could be an option. I mean, Jim Rutherford is no stranger to uh, trading Tanner Pearson. Um, He's done it once. He can do it again. Um, And he did it for a a great shot. Good presence, right shot. Right. Um, Please don't do that again. Please don't trade him for Eric and Branson. That's not <laughs> what we need. Um, is he a right shot? Yeah, yeah he's he a is. right shot. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, see, there you go. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I I don't know. It, it's a, it, it's difficult. I, I think Pearson's probably your, your best trade bait, though, at this point, and he's not a great yeah. trade bait. I, if he keeps playing the way he is, that's great, because yeah. it might be a good opportunity to sell at least a little bit high. And yeah. honestly, get out of the last two years of that contract. Uh, Cause yeah. I don't think Tanner Pearson two years from now is a $3 million player. That's fair. Uh, Tyler Myers, some people have said, but he's playing very well. He's almost had a resurgence under, under Boudreaux. The other one I think about is Jason Dickinson, you know, cause he signed for a few years. He signed for, it's not chump change. And uh, he's kind of underperformed. Now maybe, maybe he's starting to find some chemistry with, with Horvat and Huglander as the shutdown line per se, but haven't been particularly impressed with Dickinson just yet. I agree. Dickinson did not start the season well. He was pretty yeah. invisible for the first 20, 25 games. Uh, he has been better. Uh, and I think, I don't think that's really in doubt. But, you know, it's not like he has a, you know, he's got a $2.65 million contract for three years. Um, if he continues to be, if he, if he continues to be like that, that first chunk of the season, then he's not a good fit. Um, but yeah. if he's playing like he played, he's played recently that I think he's, he he can live up to that contract. I, I think that's really what it'll come down to though. You know why we don't need Eric Goodbrand's son. Someone pointed that out. <laughs> Look what you started, Matt. What have I done? Oh, uh, that's, that's good. It's good. That was pretty funny. Actually. It's, it's, I think this is a good, I think this is a good theory, a good working theory. Okay. Um, 
Let's we watch. Uh, we, we come next week and people are just going to rifle off. They're all going to come with their own studying. names. <laughs> yeah. Any, uh, any questions uh, that you're noticing here that you want to grab? Uh, I love the one that you highlighted. Who ends up with more goals by season's end? Pud Colson or Huglander? You can um, see the ones I highlight? I can. That's sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess that makes sense. I just uh, thought something okay. was wrong with my monitor, but yeah, no, that's good. Uh, um, yeah, Justin asks, who ends up with more goals at the end of the year? Pod Colson or, or Hoaglander? Hoaglander's at eight. Pod Colson's at seven. You know what I'm going to say, Parker? You're going to say they tie. No, no, no. I'm going to pick one. They're going to both get 35 goals. <laughs> <laughs> I think Pod Colson. Really? I really do. Yep. I really do. And I've, I have nothing against Hoaglander, but right from the start, I said... Uh, I was excited for Puck Colson's year. So I'm going to say Puck Colson. Yeah, I think I, I think I like that too. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing for me is Pod Colson just scores great goals every yeah. time. It's a, there's no like, you know, like chipping in a, a rebound or anything like that. They're all like either they're just good shots. I mean, his goal mm-hmm. the other night uh, against uh, Seattle was just being in the right spot. A yes. terrible play by Will Borgen on the tape. <laughs> um, Will Borgen. I mean, I mean, I want to give a shout out in my in my Discord during the game. Um, Agam said, "Shout out Will Borgen for two assists," and then I said, "More like Will Badgen," which was <laughs> terrible. Uh, and then he scored four minutes later. Yeah, nice one. Uh, so that's on me. Uh, <laughs> his first <laughs> career goal. Um, but no, that's. Uh, yeah. I, I think I think Hoaglander is probably a little more likely. Yeah. Um, but I wouldn't be, I, I think they're going to be close. I say they're both, I, I say one of them finishes with 20, but I'm not going to specify which one Sure, because I don't know. By the way, um, just incredible. <laughs> Another donation. Thank you, Justin. Feeling very generous tonight, which is awesome. 2021 segment. Don't do that. 2022 segment. Name the sun <laughs> or man or <laughs> whatever. Yeah. That I'm might be any, are any like, Guy's name, last name, bro, <laughs> or assist? No, probably not. Broberg. Um, bro- oh, yeah. Not that's bad. That's got it. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> any other questions you're finding in the old? Um, oh, no, I was too busy trying to think of sun names. Um, <laughs> but basically, any Swedish, you just go to any Swedish guy, right? And you're going to find some sons, but that's, yeah. Um, anything, uh, there's been some rumors around Elias Patterson, and not really rumors. But like speculate, I guess rumors and speculation are the same word. But there's been people in like the Canucks community, the online community, which is a terrible place to be at times, um, talking about Elias Pettersson and how Jim Rutherford probably doesn't like Elias Pettersson and all this stuff. Um, What are your thoughts? Well, it's funny because, well, it's not funny. I haven't seen one credible media person uh, give any credence to these rumors and and it's fine i'm you're a content creator i'm a content creator everyone has their own uh kind of philosophy on what they want to talk about and how they want to present it but i've seen a couple of our fellow youtubers uh, make videos that turn out to be popular because it, it is a it is a popular topic i just don't want to see it happen i i'm not willing ready to give up on a guy three and a half years into his career uh, where a couple of those years weren't, weren't full years. And maybe that's part of the problem. 
maybe I'm being naive, Parker. I, I still think that he can return to his form. Um, I, I, I don't want to keep saying this, though, if we're in February and I'm still saying this, but I just have a sense. I, I thought he was turning the corner before the before the break, admittedly, before they took yep. that 12-day break. But then uh, I regressed, maybe too strong of a word. But yeah, uh, I, I'm not going to sit here and say there isn't an issue because there's something going on for sure. He's on pace for 41 points. And people have bad years. Yep. And you don't want it to last the whole year. But we've seen it before. We saw it last year. Quinn Hughes was not good last year. You look yep. at him now. He is an entirely different player. Mm -hmm. uh, so dynamic. So skilled. So, I mean, you, you watch these games where there's like a little, there's some pressure on him. And it's like, all right, get the puck to Hughes. And then the pressure's just gone. There's like 12 feet of space again. Um you know, maybe it's maybe it's one of those scenarios, right? Maybe yeah. maybe next year, you know, maybe it takes a year. Hopefully yep. it does. Hopefully he's back, you know, to himself sooner. Um, but I mean, it's not it's not like something we've never seen before. True. And I think we can probably think of three or four times in the past month where he's had point blank chances. He had one against uh, Gibson, right? In the Anaheim game. He's had other ones where he's either hitting crossbar or just missing the net. You turn three or four of those misses into goals. And now he's producing more of a 0.6 or 0.7 points per game, as opposed to a 0.5. And then, and then it's not as bad. So I, I do think there are signs that he's turning it around, but I, I fully understand why Canucks fans are concerned at the same time. I agree. Do you want to wrap yeah. up there? Sure. Okay. Let's no. do it then. <laughs> Thank you guys <laughs> very much for joining us tonight. If you missed any part of the show, you can rewind back to the beginning, or if you want to listen in the morning or whatever, we'll have it uploaded to your favorite podcast platforms of choice. Uh, probably in about 30 minutes or so. It's pretty quick now. Um, so you can go listen to it there. If you listen to it there, it helps us out. It pushes up the charts a little bit, which is good. Mm -hmm. Uh, you can find clay at cannot clay on Twitter, cannot clay on YouTube. I am at Parker's pucks on Twitter, Parker's pucks on YouTube, very consistent branding all around. <laughs> um, and I think that's kind of it. Clay, any parting words for the night? How are you going to fill your time? Yeah. With, there's no post game live streams. What are you doing? What are you going to do? I'm going to relax. Good. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to recline the chair. <laughs> and we are going to take it easy for the week. Yeah. You know, save for if this is a year, a week where my, my work isn't that busy. My, my next course for my studies doesn't start till next week. And here I am with no games to talk about. So uh, I, I like your prediction. The six, one, you say six, nothing or six, one, six, one, six, okay, two, I go, six, two. No, you said six, one. And I said, six, four, two. Two. I said, whatever the game was against the Canucks and centers last time. Okay. I think it was six, two. Okay. That sounds good. Uh, but it, of course I searched for it and it doesn't come up. So who knows? Okay. We're both predicting well, uh, first wins and uh, I mean, one and oh, and this is a great start to 2022. Lots of fun. I think we have a brand new segment uh, Name the player who has a family relationship. Oh, oh, coach Rob had one and it was really good. Louis Erickson. <laughs> That's the best way to end tonight. Absolutely. Thank you guys for watching and we'll see you next week.